Welcome back to Sports Legends of the Carolinas, and thank you for subscribing. I'm your host, Scott Fowler, and on this podcast, we speak with some of my favorite sports icons from the region I've covered for almost 30 years. And for South Carolina, Don Staley! Today, I'm delighted to have Coach Don Staley here with us. Staley, who is 52, has been the women's basketball head coach for the Gamecocks since 2008, and her teams have made the Final Four in four of the past seven NCAA women's basketball tournaments. You're gonna have a bad game. You have a bad. You might have a bad week. You might have a bad month. You might have a bad season. How do you, how do you come back from that? How do you continue to get up and do that? You know, do what you do, knowing that you're not getting the results you want. Thanks again for supporting this work. Here's the rest of our conversation. You've tried very intentionally, it seems like, to elevate women's basketball as a sport. And and one of the most public examples, and I think one of the coolest examples, was what you did with the 2017 net and why you were inspired. And I know some of that story, but I hope you would tell it for us today as to why you did that. Yeah. Well, um, two years before we won our, our national championship in 2017, Carolyn Peck, who was the first black coach, female coach, to win a national championship in 1999. Um, she was um, an analyst doing some of our games, a lot of our games. And she pulled me to the side, one shoot around. And she told me the story about um, one, of, one of her teammates gave her a piece of her national championship net. I think back, it was a like a, I don't, Tennessee, maybe she went to Tennessee, a good friend of hers. And she thought that paying it forward in this way and giving me a piece of piece of her 1999 national championship net would be the perfect way that um, someone giving her their piece of the net and how it impacted her and how she was able to give it back. That was the most important thing. And she said, once you win your national championship, I just want you to return it to me and then pay it forward to someone else, another coach. And it took me probably another two years to figure out who I should give it to. And I actually wanted her to help me find that person because she was pretty good at it. She found me. right? Um, But we could never come to a – you know, a, a a good conclusion on who we would bestow it on. So I was doing an interview, and and the uh, the reporter asked me, had I given my piece of the net away yet? And I was like, no, I really I can't find the person to do it. Um, and then I just thought about sharing it with other uh, black coaches on the Division One level because I know the struggle, and I know. Um, what that little piece of nine line, what hope it brought to them. And, and I knew that everyone, every one of them would not win a national championship. But their national championship is maybe um, being a part of a first-generation graduate on their team. Uh, maybe they needed some hope in, in, in everyday life and dealing with young people and parents and all of that. And if they can look and feel that piece of nylon and and have the energy uh, to to hurdle, you know, some of the obstacles that 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 they're faced with, that's that's to me is a national championship like um, 
honor and award and celebration and all of those things. So I, I thought it was uh I thought it was a great connection piece um for 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 black coaches. And you and so that was sent to dozens of people, I guess, in the in the about last. seventy. About seventy about seventy coaches. Seventy. Wow. And I'm, I may have missed one or two. They were quick to remind me that <laughs> I, <laughs> I need sure. to keep cutting. <laughs> you you really spliced that net up into a lot of different pieces. That's great, and 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 shared it out to the world. And so, what are you going to do with the 2022 net? Have you decided yet? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I haven't yet, though. It, it it takes me a little bit of time to to figure out you know uh, the the group so i am going to give it to black journalists um because their journey is um similar like there're not a lot of black journalists in, in this space and i want to lend some hope and some um just really hope that that they can because uh, if they love up on um this space like i love up on basketball you know the sky is the limit and sometimes you just need a little push every now and then to say, keep going. If you want this, keep going, even when the, you know, the odds are stacked against you. Well, have you gotten another dog? I know Champ, who's, who's sitting on the couch beside us while we're doing this interview, uh, came from the national championship in 17, right? And, Indeed. Yeah. And does he, what does he think about a possible uh, new dog in the Staley household? Or is that, is that going to happen or no? He looks Champ, very calm Champ, right now. Champ said a hard no. <laughs> Like it's a hard no, a hard no, and I I do think another, you know I do think another dog would would help him, shape him a little bit better. But he's he's he suffers from the only child syndrome, mm. and I don't think at I mean he'll be five in October, so I, I don't think he's uh, willing to give up his space in the household or or on the bed at night. So no, I, I'm not gonna do that. And I I travel a whole lot, so it's it's a lot, you know. It's a lot to ask someone to to watch two dogs. But there are also these, you know, these places that treat them really really good. I haven't tried them yet because there's so many people that lined up to to watch Champ. Does he understand that he's a dog? He no, yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But I it's it's probably because of how I treat him. Like like my sister. She always asks, uh, like, you know, if I if I have a if I have a speaking engagement, sometimes I'll take Champ, and she'll ask me, "Is Champ going?" I said, "Am I going?" Like, <laughs> like he goes like to a lot of places, and honestly, uh, people don't see me anymore, and they they just see Champ, gravitate they just gravitate to towards Champ. Yeah, yeah, dogs are. We have two, and they're just wonderful. Uh, Companions, yes, right? They are. I mean, I've, have you seen that bumper sticker ever that says, "I just want to be the person my dog thinks I am," or whatever? <laughs> right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, because they are just like you talk about unconditional love. It does not matter if you lost. Does not matter. Had a bad day. But all I don't that need. Stuff. I don't know my life. Like I don't know what my life was like before him. Really? Seriously? Like it, really? he's just. Yeah. Did y'all grow up with? I, I know you no, were one I of five like children, right? Did I don't have, like dogs. I just like shit. Oh, you don't like. Dogs. <laughs> okay. So like, you, I'm afraid have to of dogs. That. I'm afraid that of dogs. Really. Oh, yeah. I, I am. I, I've gotten bitten by a dog in my, oh. you know, my childhood. So I'm really? always like, uh, yeah. uh. Well, how I got champ is um, my, my niece, who was living with me at the time, um, she told me one of her friends asked her if she would watch a seven week old puppy. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the cutest thing. Cutest. Ace. <laughs> Ace was his name. And I used to walk by Ace in the in the garage, in his crate, and I I didn't say anything to him. I didn't, you know, I would say hi, but I would just keep going. I wouldn't interact with him because I know me. <laughs> so I started feeling bad that, you know, she couldn't bring him in the house because I'm allergic. And then, you know, it's months. Yeah. You were talking about Christmas, and then he's still at the house in May. So I'm like, we we gotta go get him his shots. We gotta we gotta go, you know. So I um I started playing with them, and I was like, let's let's go, let's take him. So I ended up taking him to get his shots, and then and he got neutered. And then um, the weekend that he got neutered, he started shaking. So I'm like, you know, this isn't this isn't right. So I'm taking the dog to the emergency room. And um, they said he was a little dehydrated, um, so I got all of that. You know that is, that is. I should have. I should have got into you know pet care, care yeah. taking care of pets. That's when you need that new yes. contract, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they filled him with antibiotics and um, took him home, and then for ten days he was good on the antibiotics. And then you know one one day my sister had him and he was he had a drunken walk. Oh, yeah. So she was like, something's wrong with Ace. So I scooped him up, took him back, and I told him something's wrong. And they actually had me leave him and do some testing. And I was like, yeah, do whatever you need to do to, you know, save his life or whatever. So they called me and they were like, he's got some kind of, you know, white matter in his brain. And they said that type of dog early on, they're susceptible to, you know, you know, brain injuries. And so they said, but we share the parking lot with a neurologist. So took them over. Um, and they basically said, get these items. These, there's a possibility that you can, you know, you, you can um, reverse it. But we tried for like a month. And oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, like, my nephew just showed me pictures of Ace. And we talked about that dreaded day that we had to take him, and 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 yeah, I mean it was the worst. Like I don't think I've cried like that ever, like ever, you know, for a young, for a young. He was six months. Oh, so it was just it was, wrenching. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Coach Boyer in our office, who's been with me for twenty years now, thought it thought it would be great that I get a dog, but she saw how much I care for Ace. for Ace. Oh, yeah. So. Good, a good thing came out of it. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's. Yes. They're part of the family, they aren't are. they? Well, last thing, um, let's just talk, I guess, a little bit about this season. And I mean, you guys will go back in as uh, defending national champions, a, a wonderful team with you. How do you sort of deal with that? You've had to do it before. I mean, same same thing. I, I, we have players who just want to win, like. They have an insatiable desire to to win. Like they they've had they've had a I would say you know the 2019 class. You know they they've had a lot of heartbreak in their careers. You know the pandemic ended in their first freshman year. We were number one team in the country. They lost in the semifinals in the final four in a heartbreaking way. They go on and win. I think they want to balance out. Their careers and winning another one. I mean, it's the same thing. I don't think you. I don't think we change. 
our approach to it. I, I would say this, as coaches, we got to find a way to keep them engaged and challenged. So we're, we're just trying to keep them challenged because we, we do the same thing for, for 22 years. We've approached it the same way, putting our defense in and just from, from the ground up, just working out. We're, we're probably leaning out from an offensive standpoint where we were figuring out what we were good at offensively um, and where we need to get better at. Like I do think we need to get better in transition. We didn't we didn't do that. So we're concentrating on areas where we weren't where we weren't great, and and try to become great because it's it's virtually the same team, and I mean they want to win. It is not unfinished business any longer. South Carolina has captured its second national championship. They, they want to win. So, yes, our, our, our fans are going to want us to win every single game. Hey, I, I like our fans because they're more like Philly fans. Like, really? Yeah, it's a lifestyle. Like, it's a, it's a light one. The Sixers didn't, didn't win the NBA championship. We're, we're mad. We're mad. I know we <laughs> yeah. were injured, but we're mad. You know, same thing with the Eagles. Like, oh, my God. Talk radio. We don't win on Sundays. Oh. It's brutal. End of the world, yeah. End of the world. Mm-hmm. So our fans are like like that, and I I don't mind it because it puts a little pressure on us to perform at a high level. But also, it's a lifestyle for them. It's a, it's really they want to know when we play. They want to know the schedule early because they have to take take time out of work. They got to buy season tickets. They got to they got to do. They got to. It's it's a big part of their life's pie. And I, I think that's super cool. So um, anytime that we can win and win championships, they win. We, we should point out that you're, you've led the country in attendance for eight years in a row. 12,268 was your average attendance last year. What, what did y'all draw when you played at Virginia, like roughly for a college game? I mean, we we were pretty good at the end of my career. We right. were we were we were probably around eight thousand. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. A five-six sophomore from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, number twenty-four, Don Staley. Because you've played in a lot of arenas where there's not that sort of support. Oh yes, right. Yeah. And it's actually a disadvantage when we go on the road and there's not a lot of people, so mm-hmm. we have to adjust. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. Yes, just yeah. like people have to adjust to having playing in front of a big crowd so um it's cool though I don't you know I don't I I am not responsible for the attendance record our our fans are responsible sure for that because when I came here I never I never looked at the crowd I never looked at like oh, I want to fill this arena I never mm. said that mm-hmm. I never visualized it I, I just wanted to win the national championship, and I didn't really know what that looked like because I had never won a national championship. Don Staley. Oh, geez, how did she put that ball in? Right, right, <laughs> now right. I know, though. Yeah, twice. And I know yeah. that everybody can't win one. Mm-hmm. Seriously, everybody. You know, unless you've won one and you, you've been through it, you know. But when you start the season off and say, I want let's go win a national championship – it's much, much harder than than verbalizing it. <laughs> yes, actually doing it. That is one of the most glittering athletic resumes 
we have seen anybody produce in this country, not just in basketball, in this country. And I don't think this will be the end of our national championships. Perhaps just the beginning for South Carolina. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, Coach. Uh, that's Coach Don Staley. This is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you again for subscribing and supporting local journalism. Next. Hi, I'm Bob McKillop, uh, the basketball coach at Davidson College, and I'll be the next guest on Sports Legends of the Carolinas. I'm Scott Fowler, and this is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. This show is produced by Jeff Siner and Kata Stevens, and the director of audio at McClatchy is Davin Coburn. For lots more content and to continue supporting this kind of work, please visit charlotteobserver.com slash sportslegends and consider a digital subscription. Connect with me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fowler or by email at sfowler at charlotteobserver.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please share with a friend. See you next week.